0: James Ellis from the Talent Cast. You may not be aware of this, but a couple years ago, I lost a bet, so now I'm contractually obligated to say nice things about Chad and Cheese. Well, I took that, let's say, lemon and turned it into lemonade. I took interviews from Chad and Cheese and turned it into a book, but I added a lot of other people you're going to want to talk to. It's called Talent Chooses You. It is hiring better with employer branding, and it is available on Amazon June 15th. You should go and buy it. Bye.
1: What's up, everybody? I am Joel Cheeseman, co-host of the Chad and Cheese podcast, and I am joined by my faithful uh, Robin, (laughs) Chad Sowash. (laughs) you so we, we didn't re- we didn't really work that out before the go before with, the intro but Superman uh, how about that yeah, all right fair <laughs> enough fair enough and we are uh, pleased to welcome yes. wow what an honor the newly minted CEO of iSIMS, Steve Lucas and our good buddy Susan Vitali holy crap what did we what what deal with the devil did we make to get you two guys on today <laughs> i don't even want to ask <laughs> well, welcome to the show guys Uh,
0: okay so i have got to right out of the chute i've got to ask because steve you've literally been in the seat for like four months so you were hit square in the chops by COVID 19 and everybody is reeling i mean we we weren't prepared for this crisis i mean the nation wasn't companies weren't it's ridiculous you were in the seat for four months but yet, there's a lot of shit happening at ISIM. So tell us how you guys, a global company, you're navigating in this global crisis.
2: Yeah, well, and first of all, I, I appreciate the latitudes. Actually, I've been in the seat, technically speaking, next week it'll be 10 weeks. So, old timer. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I'm still doing the, the, the baby version of, you know, you measure in weeks and then at some point you get to my... Um, um, so I started the week before the global pandemic really hit in full force. And it's surreal to start at a company. And, you know, I've, I've had nothing but, you know, good feelings and happy to run the company. And I look back and I go, hey, over the past, you know, two and a half months, would I would I do anything differently? No, I wouldn't it's been hard and it's been hard for everybody i mean this whole weirdness of like work and family and home and you know we all like to compartmentalize things and it's kind of like it's the you know the the seinfeld thing where all my lives are coming together and intersecting but it's
1: worlds collide
2: yeah more people's kids and cats and you know than i ever have before um it's it's been challenging. Um it has. More because I, I don't know how you guys feel about it, but it's just like this intensity to like, you know, Zoom meeting, zoom meeting, zoom meeting, zoom meeting, and there's no bagels. And I need a
3: bagel.
2: <laughs> no
1: no bagels in Jersey? Are you kidding me? Susan?
2: Yeah, well, no pauses right now. So it's been, the intensity level is way up. And it's, I think the biggest thing for everybody, and you know, me included, is like, wh- where is the work-life balance, right? So we got to figure that out. But the companies leaned in, we're 100% remote, um, which is good, kind of scary wow. had to make that choice on day nine. Wow. Um, yeah, but, you know, S- Susan, uh, partner in crime here, along with, I mean, there have been the, the good news is there's a lot of long time uh you know execs at ISIM, so I wasn't exactly operating in the blind. So that was
0: yeah, good. Well, and you had to make hard decisions already. I mean, let's go ahead and slap this one in the face. Ten yep. percent of uh, a cut that you had to make. And as we we, we watched uh ZipRecruiter go with 40% career builder, we saw all of this. And then we heard this coming from from ISIMs. This obviously it's not something that you have to do that's that's easy, but can you tell us a little bit about the uh, the guide that you took from leadership that have have already been there for years and how they helped you through all of this? Or did you just come in and knew know exactly what you wanted to do?
2: I can unequivocally tell you that the day I started, this was not my plan. Uh, And I don't mean to make light of this at all, because to me, it's um, the hardest decision that you can ever make as a leader is impacting people's lives and their jobs. And you think every day, every minute, um, leading up to and post that decision about the impact that you're having and how disruptive it will be for the people that are affected. And it's a gut punch. Um, And as hard as it is for you as a leader you also have to pause and think but it's a lot harder for the person losing their job and that is not lost on me and when i came into the company i mean we you know even just i've been at the company four weeks and you're sitting there kind of staring into a bit of a economic abyss where some ceos and economic economists you talk to they go well it's the end of the world as we know it and we're just gonna go kind of implode and then others saying well you know it's like I I heard more sharp Vs and shallow Us and all this in in like a two-week period than I care to dialogue on for the rest of my life. But when I looked at the data, I I tend to run a company and and make decisions as a leader a lot like how I would run my household, which is it's a very simple thing is we have to – if we have to – you know, cut back on our spending to live within our means, then that's what we do. And those are hard things to, to choose because it can affect people in uh, not so positive ways. So for us, we, you know, we had been, we, we walked in Jan 1, we said, hey, this is going to be our biggest growth year in history. We've continued to grow. By the way, we are continuing to grow, but we staffed up like to, to record levels. And when you look at that on the left hand, and then you just have to be as a CEO, your job is to on the right hand say, look, I have to create stability and security, but for our employees, yes, absolutely, number one. But also for our customers. Like we have to deliver a service. And if you started to kind of do the math and say, Well, you know, if we're gonna have you know economic instability and you know, top line revenue may be unpredictable, we we had to make a decision. And uh, I'm I'm not one to uh, to sit on things, and I think as we you know, th- there's no credit due here. It's just as we made the decision very early um, to work from home to protect our employees, and I think we we helped you know protect people as best we could. Uh, we've also made the decision to uh, to protect the company and uh, did it in a you know, in a very challenging environment, and you know I think you can always question. You know, did we communicate it the right way or was, you know, how it, there is no perfect way to handle things like this.
1: Yeah. So so working from home, Stephen and, and Chad and I know that you guys have a, a, a beautiful headquarters facility uh, that's empty right now. What, the plan going forward, if you had a crystal ball, uh, will, will you guys be staying at home for the foreseeable future? Will you slowly, gradually uh, move back into the headquarters? Like what's the plan there?
2: Uh, we'll definitely stay at home until we feel that, especially in Jersey. So yeah, we do have an awesome facility. Like day one, when I showed up, I'm like, Holy crap, there's an I-SIMS flagpole. (laughs) Like I
3: love it.
1: You knew you made it at that point.
2: Exactly. That you've arrived. So, um, you know, for me, we, we, we got to get back into the office. We have great facilities. The good news is we actually have extra access to an extra floor that we can build out because we're, we're totally going to have to social distance. And, you know, okay. six cubicles or whatever, that's just not going to work. Yeah. And so, so we are going to get back into the office. We're going to do it in a staged manner. Um, and then we'll practice some, you know, I like to call it, you know, physical distancing. Cause I just think I'm, I'm kind of a little on the like, I actually don't want to socially distance. I just like don't want to get coronavirus or whatever. Sure. Um, but, uh, but for me, it's, it's definitely making sure that we ethically source protective equipment. Like we can't be, buying it in front of a hospital. So that's a big thing. We've got to give people protective equipment. We've got to social distance. And then we're going to turn the lights on uh, You know, for the office one switch at a time.
1: So I'm curious about the sort of the state of the business. You mentioned that you guys were still growing, but obviously businesses are challenged right now. Do you find some attrition in some places? If you are growing, where's that growth coming from? I mean, I think for the most part, people think of ATSs as, as largely protected because you make a big commitment to have an ATS, but yep. businesses are, are certainly challenges. So where's the growth coming from and, and where are the hurdles that you're seeing now?
2: Yeah, well, I think we have the good fortune of our business is fairly balanced across our core ATS that we've been building for a long, long time and innovating on. And then we have our kind of communication suite, which is all about, you know, text kind of engagement on the left hand and on the right hand, our recruitment marketing platform. And those those came through the acquisitions of TextRecruit and Jibe, as you know, that are now you know kind of many moons ago. But uh, you know, having a, a more balanced business is a really good thing. So happy about that one. And then two is yeah, I think you know an ATS is a big investment. You know, for us, we've been actually using our it's it's anonymized but our aggregate data to help guide our decisions. So if you look at the you know, 4,500 customers that are using, you know, iSIMs. I can tell you in advance what unemployment is going to look like next week by industry based on job postings, hires happening all through the iSIM system. We can literally correlate and there's a super tight correlation. We've got our analytics team. So Ray is now handling that and it's a good, it's a good set of data. Um, it's actually very good. And so for us, it's like making decisions on, you know, hey, it looks like there's hiring in domestic manufacturing. Great. Let's apply salespeople there. Or, And by the way, we've not held this data for ourselves. We're sharing the full you know, set of data with all of our customers.
0: That's awesome. Let's move a little bit into the iSIMS snuggling up with Microsoft uh, area of the conversation. That that to me, I think incredibly smart. I know that Microsoft has used iSIMS as their applicant tracking system for years now, but tell us what that actually means to iSIMS to partner with the Microsoft ecosystem and providing that's your software in the Dynamics 365 human resource, kind of like the the, the comprehensive suite that they have. What does that mean for you uh, overall from a growth standpoint?
2: It means everything.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Expound. Yeah. yeah.
2: First of all, so it goes without saying, Microsoft their scale is like I don't know what measure we're going to use here on this nice podcast. Let's just call them intergalactically huge. <laughs> um, Death Star. As a benchmark, right? For me, it's you know we have great partnerships with you know a number of companies, so ADP, Ceridian, Ultimate. We're going to continue to do that. And what is cool to me is like if you look at the HCM like landscape, right? We now partner with four or five. I remember Susan, you have to correct me of the large of the seven largest players out there, right? And wow. that's exciting. Number one, and then number two is for Microsoft in particular. They kind of dabbled in like talent acquisition ATS. They've, they they kind of liked it, and and they built some stuff, and they pulled back from it and sunset things. And for us, it's about we're coming in and we're delivering. The, the, the best product, obviously biased, but the best product that we've been doing for frigging 20 years, right? So we're committed to this space if it's not demonstrated by two decades. And that's what we're gonna continue to do. What this unlocks for us, I mean, Microsoft has one of the biggest, if not the biggest software sales forces in the world. They've definitely got one of the biggest, if not the biggest ecosystems. I mean, these guys have 80,000 reseller partners. So yeah. This is scale that's really unmatched.
0: Well, that scale, you're going to have to deliver. Are you guys ready to deliver at that scale? Because again, that's intergalactic scale, Steve. You've never, ever had to deliver at that scale.
2: Yeah, I I think that that in some areas, we are well-prepared and ready. And in other areas, we we will be. I think the reality is, is that it's kind of like do you have the confidence in your technology platform that you can extend it laterally, kind of scale out? Yes, we, we absolutely have that. Um, are we dialoguing with a technology vendor, a strategic player around how we do that at intergalactic levels? Yes, more to come on that.
0: We'll get back to the interview in a minute. But first, we have a question for Andy Katz, COO
1: of Next. What kinds of companies should be leveraging programmatic? Every Fortune 1000 company out there, anybody with extreme volume of jobs, you're recruiting for 20 positions
0: a year, you don't need programmatic. You can go to a recruitment marketing agency or a job board and do a direct email with your company only. You're not in with another 20 jo- uh, companies and a job alert, or you're not just on a career site or a job board. You could do banner advertising, buy premium placements. So where programmatic again is one piece of the puzzle, it's not gonna ever be the end all be all. And I do believe all the programmatic uh, platforms out there have ancillary services to support that, knowing that you can't just survive on a one trick pony. For more information, go to Hiring.next.com. Remember that's next with the double X, not the triple X. Hiring.next.com. What about LinkedIn? What about Talent Hub? Because that's an entirely different product. Uh, What's the connection there? Well, I mean, look,
2: we're big fans of LinkedIn. We think the data from LinkedIn on the right hand, which is just, you know, amazing, and the data on the left hand from I sounds like it's a match made in heaven when you bring it together. Mm-hmm. And we know that we've been doing some work with them to, to match up certain you know data elements and provide value to their customers. And you know we'll continue to do that. Um, I, I think that we, we approach the need so differently than a LinkedIn, for example. Um, and we're doing it at a you know kind of reach, scale, you know depth and breadth of product, feature, function, and it's also the persona you, func- you know, focus on. Like we're focused on. Recruiter, hiring manager, candidate, you got to focus on all those. How do we deliver analytics to the CHRO? It's this, you know, I'm not saying that how LinkedIn approaches, it isn't well-rounded, but we've been doing this for a long, long time and for very big companies and customers. And I think we've got that enterprise swagger, you know, or or confidence. We've got that experience. (laughs)
1: So so when Chad goes high, I go low. Uh, he talks sort of upstream with the big boys. I'm gonna I'm gonna break it down a little bit, and we talked to quite a few uh, startups and HR tech, um, you know, HR tech startups, and they always ask about what platforms should I integrate with? Who should I, you know, who should I start with? And uh, we were we were fairly critical last year of, of of app stores or platforms that charge quite a bit of money to to let uh, technology firms you know, build on their platform. Uh, And you guys went free uh, late last year. Uh, Susan will correct me if I'm wrong, but you guys uh, sort of have a free ecosystem now. And I'm curious, what has that meant to the business? Um, What is has the growth been in the App Store? How important is that uh, to your future growth? And for anyone out there that's a startup or looking to build on a platform, um, I would think that this relationship with Microsoft would be added incentive to build onto iSIMS, agree or disagree? Talk about talk about that. Uh, your platform.
2: I think Susan should go first because she was the powerhouse behind that decision. <laughs>
3: You're right. Um, yeah. So the um, the open marketplace, so to speak, where we didn't charge partners to participate, um, was actually a decision from the start um, where we felt it was important to really drive community and, and a broad ecosystem. Um, I think there are going to be different models that we'll continue to look at over the years as we expand, as we go into new regions, as we move up market, etc. cetera. Um, but I think it's still important that even with strategic relationships and these new models, that the power of scale and choice in the ecosystem will be there. And it shouldn't be prohibitive for two dudes in a garage to to join this type of ecosystem.
1: And what's the growth been? And, and how will the Microsoft relationship impact uh, the growth of the platform, do you think?
3: The growth has still absolutely been there. So we're at around 300... 300- um, validated, integrated partners. Today, I think overall, we're closer to 700 vendors within the ecosystem. So that's certainly been really impactful for us. There are certain categories that we see go up and down just as things change. We actually, during the COVID the early days of the COVID crisis, we actually worked with a number of partners to offer free solutions to the customers uh, if they were mutual customers of ours, which was great to see. So there is power in the sense of the ecosystem. Um, I think we're still early days in some of the Microsoft conversations, but if we put scale and scale together, that should be exponential for um, for the community at large, no doubt.
1: Double the scale.
3: Double the scale.
2: Scale wins, like that's it. But for me, it's like, we've got to take, this whole thing of, you know, is the app integrated or not? You just got to take it off the table. Like, yes, it's integrated. So I like the the free aspect to it. I think we should continue to, to, to do that. You know, for me, it's, I think the, the question is, how do we help our customers better understand? Okay, so it's integrated. What does that mean? Is it single sign-on? Is it data? And, you know, have we certified the app? There's just a lot more that we need to do there. So yeah. we, we've got a good plan. And, and the Microsoft thing is just going to give us more and more scale.
0: Diving in further with the marketplace, this has got to be Mike Wilczek's like, favorite thing in the world, being able to snuggle up, look at uh, obviously the the text recruits, the jibes, now the opening.ios. Talk a little bit about that from an acquisition standpoint, because you guys obviously are still playing offense, which I love. You're not in the corner, in the fetal position, waiting for this thing to go away. Isom's is playing offense. Microsoft, Big, big partnership. And then just yesterday, opening.io acquisition. Talk a little bit about that and how the marketplace is helping
1: you really guide some of those decisions. By the way, I think it's officially Deathmatch Champion Opening.io. Good call.
2: <laughs> yeah, I saw the badge. We'll definitely take that. Um, so, uh, look, the the marketplace itself is huge for us because it, it, it gives us a good sense of direction. You know, which customers are adopting what and what do they like the most? And opening happened to be one of those very, very popular things. By the way, we used it. I know Microsoft uses opening. And so it was kind of like, you know, I... I wish I could you know, claim that it was more than just basic math, but like I can add, right? It, it was like this, <laughs> was a, this was a no brainer for us. And so, um, you know, for us doing the talent matching capabilities, skill discovery, all that, like our, our customers need that. And we're delivering that. and opening gives us the extra lift that we need versus like, OK, let's just crack our knuckles and build this from scratch. But the, the marketplace itself, like incredible insight. When you have that kind of scale that Susan and the team built even prior to my arrival, the ability, it's like this, it's just so enjoyable to walk in and go, okay, well, we got like 700 different things that are, you know, 700 different partners. There's 250 apps that are or companies that have integrated apps. There's fire 600 now apps that are integrated. Like just looking through that landscape and the intelligence you get out of it. I mean, it's not many companies in the industry that have
0: that yeah well and big kudos on that acquisition to be able to see matching over top of a candidate database for me Is exciting because I know that your clients are spending hundreds of thousands, if not millions of dollars a year to drive candidates into that database. And then all it does is atrophy. And they continue to spend more money to get the same candidates over and over and over. So you will become more of a core system than before, I think, with with this acquisition. But you talk about the Microsoft connection. How important was it that opening.io is a Microsoft house, Azure, AI, uh, ML, yeah. Uh, machine translation, because it seems like just from the outside, like there's kind of like this courting that's happening between iSIMS and Microsoft. Microsoft couldn't put together an applicant tracking system. It sucked. But uh, wait a minute. There's this, there's this iSIMS thing over here. That's been kicking ass for 20 years. What, what kind of courting's happening? Cue the berry White. Hmm.
2: That is an interesting thing to think about. <laughs> <laughs> tell you is I think that you know opening it, it, the, the whole Microsoft using open this is validating for us right like Microsoft has a real really rigorous qualification process for the technology they lit in their door right they're in a good way very picky and you know that, that and by the way I actually applaud Microsoft because they to be a vendor for Microsoft you actually even have to adhere to their Like accessibility standards, your product has to be accessible for differently abled people. It can't just be, well, here's the software. So it's multi-language, it's scalable, it's all that. But there's more to it. And I, I applaud them for using their platform that they have, right, for... Forcing and, and, and forcing is a strong word. Driving people to more positive. It, 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 look, it drives us all to make our make our, our technology and our companies better. So I actually like that. The, the, the Microsoft using opening hugely validating for us.
1: So Steve, I know you're a busy guy. I'll let you out on this. What's the future hold? I mean, I know that you've just come into this this company, but. You must have had a vision. I think your, you know, your, your experience at, at Marketo is very intriguing. I want to know what the future looks like.
2: Well, the future, obviously, first of all, it looks like us doing what we do today, um, better, faster, bigger with more scale and reliability. But I mean, the first thing is, and this is like focusing on the companies that have kept us you know, in business for 20 years and have, have fueled our growth we we owe those customers innovation in terms of the look the feel the experience of iSIMS that you walk away going wow you know that that is next gen it's cutting edge love it and so we're focused on that ui ux experience we're also we got to deliver on the whole promise of hey we bought these other companies we're integrating them so that that's kind of the like blocking and tackling got to do that beyond that for me is our our future is Well, okay, we've got opening. So we look at all these candidate sources out there that are outside your company. Why can't we help you look inside your company? Why isn't the company as a source for brilliant talent and understanding strong skills inventory, why isn't that part of what we do? And it should be. And so I would say that that's very much part of the future because I think the reality is, is that especially in the world we live in, I think people are going to look inside as much as they look outside. That's one, and then two is unequivocally uh, analytics. Like, and I mean analytics in a unified, single lens across all of your candidates, inside, outside, whatever that may be. We have to do that, and so we're going to do that. For me, those big areas of analytics, whether you want to call it company as candidate source, internal mobility, and then the biggest thing is driving real, usable machine learning. Not a clever name like Athena or Bob. You know, with your AI but it doesn't do anything. We're focused on our stuff; just works.
0: Well, you've got Al in place to make sure that that happens, and now you have Andrea, who's uh, she's going to be your portfolio manager on the AI ML side. So you should be set up pretty well for that. Hell
2: yeah! Yeah, she is a gangster, and I I love what she does. I mean, I, she is an absolute rock star.
0: She is well, Steve. I I, I appreciate you taking time out of the day uh obviously anybody who wants to find out more about isims, i can go to isems.com everybody knows that uh is there any parting words that you'd like to uh that you'd like to share with us about uh, what's happening now or, or in the future with isems
2: we are playing offense
0: amen boom and, and on that i'll have to say are you ready susan we out we out we out one more no This has been the Chad and Cheese Podcast. Subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts so you don't miss a single show. And be sure to check out our sponsors because they make it all possible. For more, visit ChadCheese.com. Oh, yeah, you're welcome.
2: How much do you understand?